So thank you. Thank you for bringing that memory back. Um, this morning, I want to bring to you a message, and I need you to understand that I'm not bringing you this message to press down on you. Okay? I am not here to bring the hammer to the nail. That is not the point of this message. But if the shoe fits, wear it. Okay? Know that I love you, and know that I, I, I would not be doing my job if I were not doing otherwise. So before I even begin, I'd like to invite you to bow your heads with me as we pray one more time. Father God, thank you for giving us this privilege of coming together and to worship you. And I pray, Lord, that as we open your word, as, as we're about to dive into maybe some new territory for some of us, or maybe a, 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 a place that as we begin to discuss the topics, it may feel uncomfortable, but I pray, Father, first and foremost, for the outpouring of your spirit. Lord, that, they, that we may see you speaking to us. This morning, we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. No one likes to talk about kids. At least not in the aspect of losing them. You guys already saw me uh, preaching about having lost my son on the beach. But the topic of losing a child is one that is not very comfortable to us. What if I were to approach you from the perspective of, um, wrong clicker, um, what if I were to approach you in the aspect of how about if we lost an entire generation? I want to talk to you about losing a generation this morning. It's very easy to do, very easy to do. And I want you to know that this is something that my wife and I, we struggle with as well. So know that I am not preaching to you, I am preaching to us collectively. Transitions are not easy. I know a little bit about that. But transitions are never easy. Either you're coming from a different country to a new country, you're leaving one state to another, or you're just moving from one house to another. Transitions are difficult. And when we talk about transitions in leadership, when we talk about transitions with those who uh, you have gotten accustomed to being the leader and the new one lead, and that old one, what do they do? It wasn't the fact that they took new idols for them. Because the language here is, is clear. They will be a snare. You guys know what a snare is? Not the drum. Okay? So, when I was a kid, this is an aerial view of where I used to live just before moving into the United States. In the little city called Taquara, you... So this is, a, this is the entire campus of a high school. My dad was the vice principal for that school. And I used to live right here, right above, right in front. As you can see, the round, cake-looking-like structure is the church. And so this is the school. There were three 
athletic uh, courts there. This was new. This was just a pasture. But there was a pool that I used to go swimming in. I was eight years old, and my grandfather, he used to live in this corner lot right here. And this is about 350 yards-ish, give or take. And I love spending time with my grandfather. And, and I remember, you know, going into his, his house, there was a trail that's no longer, according to this uh, image, that would run right back here. Okay? And the trail would, would lead me into the backyard of one of my friend's house. And so that's the quickest route that I would take. It was the safest one because this is a highway right here that crosses right in front of the school. So I would take the, that, that trail, go to my grandfather's house, and I would notice that my friends had birds. They would, they would capture birds, songbirds, and they would just put them up against the wall of their houses so they would have beautiful birds, songbirds singing early in the morning. If you have been to a third world country or a Latin country or you come from the Caribbean, you may see or have seen this type of thing before. Not saying it's right. But I would go to his house, and here's, just, just so you, you get it, this is where I used to live. This was my house. My wife and I, we were there about 15 years ago. Uh, that, that was a lot, that's when I took this picture. Um, so I would leave my house, and I walk over to his place, and he, uh, I asked him, I said, hey, Grandfather, how, come, how do these people get, catch all these birds? And he said, they, I need, we need to make a snare. We need to make a trap. And this, not that, but something like this in structure is what he taught me to do. And so every, every time that I could, I'd go over into the back fields and I'd set up a snare. But every time I'd go back, the food would be gone, but the snare would still be straight up. See, the, the purpose of the snare is to catch you, to entrap you, to entice you, Right? God told his people that their gods are going to become a snare, a trap. It wasn't necessarily that God was saying that their, their gods are better than me because God already knows that he's not. And Joshua knew that he was uh, better than all the other gods. But the people looked at that and said, hmm, interesting. I think I want one of those. But the, the reason why, it wasn't so much the gods. It was because God told them to wipe them out, but they said, you know what? We're going to let you live, and we're going to create an alliance. We're going to create uh, uh, an agreement where you can have that portion of the land. And we'll stay here. We'll, t we'll take over your land, but here, here's where we are. But you guys don't mess with us, and we're not going to mess with you. God told them, wipe them out. Now, I'm not preaching an anti-Semitic message. But when we look at the context, God had already foretold told what would take place. God had already given them one here. Do this. If you don't, here are the consequences. I also want to bring to your attention 
this aspect of because in, in, in the verse, it talked about being a thorn, right? We, and I'm sure most of you have associated this verse. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of, of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Who's writing this? Paul. Paul is writing this. He says, the thorn in my flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me. Not buffet. Okay. He's not a meal. But buffet, the word buffet, in, in Portuguese we have a similar word, word called buffetão. It means a slap. In other words, the Greek means that Satan was slapping. He was striking me. That is the, the image that we get from reading this verse. The thorn in my side, as Paul is saying, served as a way for Satan to keep blowing or striking me every single time. What is the thorn in your flesh this morning? And as you, as you think about that, this is not a very encouraging analogy, is it? One that God has left it there so Satan can strike you. Well, what kind of a loving God is that? Because, as Paul says, lest I be exalted above measure. There is a danger of us believing that we can be self-sufficient. When we accomplish everything that God has given us to do, and we accomplish this task with ease, it's very easy for us to believe that we have done it ourselves. So when we hear in, in, in this week, as I heard Danielle talking, it was difficult. It was a long week for her. We were talking about it earlier in my office. And I'm sure it was long for you guys as well. And maybe it was long because you may have a thorn in your side. Because God has allowed that thorn to be there so you can be reminded that you are not alone. That my grace is sufficient for you. That you can't, as you move forward, you're not going to walk alone. You are not going to be, you're not doing this because of your own strength. You're doing it because I have given you that strength, says the Lord. Ellen White talks about this. Here's what she says. It was necessary that Paul should have a thorn in the flesh and the, the messenger of Satan to buffet him, lest he becomes exalted through the abundance of revelations in which he was favored. Revelations, she's talking about in how, in his understanding of, of, of God. It is a reasonable conclusion that all who seek to walk with God, hear me out, and share all the spiritual blessings of the Christian age are also in danger of exaltation and the vials of the devil. If you are feeling that you're being given blows spiritually, you're getting blows from the devil, rejoice. 
Rejoice because Jesus promised that I will be with you in every step of the way. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. But with this also comes another aspect that we very often we don't talk about associated with having a thorn in our side. It is our responsibility to God's commandments. If God has asked us, go here, okay, but man, this is so difficult. I don't know that I can because I'm going to have to sacrifice something in order to accomplish this. Whatever that something is, you fill in the blank. But that is the precise aspect of what Paul is saying. You must be living sacrifices in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Present your bodies as living sacrifices because you're going to have to give up something to accomplish God's will in your life. Yes, God takes you as you are, and we believe that. We preach that. But the moment that you say, okay, Lord, you are my Lord and Savior, and you surrender yourself to him, he's going to look to you and say, I need you to go here. I need you to do that. I need you to speak this. But Lord, this is difficult. I don't know if I can. I don't know that... I am able to because I am, I'm juggling so much in my life right now that if I, I, because I really like my life right now. I really enjoy what I'm doing. But God is saying, be careful. I, mean, I didn't ask you to balance. I asked you to go. I asked you to do I asked you to give up. So if you're having a hard time in doing what God has asked you to do, it's probably because you have not completely fulfilled His commandment to you. Remember that the children of Israel, they, they said, we can, we can coexist with this. You guys can live there, we can live here, but God is saying, no, no, no. Because of your choice, now this is going to be a snare. It's going to entice you to come in, and then when it grabs you, you're hooked. God's saying, don't. Trust me. Trust me because I will help you. The other aspect that we get from this text in Judges chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, is that the word thorns is not included in the original Hebrew. So if we read this last sentence, it says, I will not drive them out before you, but they will be in your side, and their gods shall be a snare to you. To be in your side, it means to be so close to you, it's going to be very intimate. It's going to be so close to you that you're going to feel it because you have allowed it to be there. What are some of the things that are there right now to you? Um, a letter to Agent Haskell, one, one of the founding fathers. As a matter of fact, if you, Haskell Hall, a former Atlantic Union College, is named after this gentleman, thorn, and she write, writes to him this, thorn in the flesh to be an instrument of God in order to keep people humble.
What are you holding on to that's keeping you or keeping God from blessing you? What are you holding on to by your side so close that you are unable to fulfill God's plan for your life? What are you holding on to that is causing you to see God's plan for your life? See, we all have our struggles. We all think that sometimes, hey, we can do this. Oh, I, I don't know what God has asked you to give up. I don't know what God has asked you to do. I don't know what God has asked you to speak on your private lives. But I know He has. And I know that He's calling you to do something. I know that He's calling you to be somebody other than who you are right now, but to be somebody in the sense of to represent Him. That's not what we're called to do. But you might be holding on to something too tight. You might be holding on to something that is actually right next to you. It's so close to you, you know it's there. But you know that in order for you to keep that, you need, you need to let it go. Wait, Pastor, it sounds like you're, you're giving us conflicting messages. There are thorns in your flesh that are designed to remind you who God is. But there are things that you have put there because you have not complied with what God has asked you to do. Those are two different things. One is devil pulling that cord, that strand that know that you know will set you off. The other is you keeping it closed because you like it. And most likely, the thorn on your side, God will not take away because if he did, you would be like the children of Israel who, we did this, we can, we can coexist. But he wants you to have a very clear picture that you are where you are today because he has brought you to where you are today. Not because of your own doing. But when you, you look at that past life that you may have had, you look at some of the things that you may, you, you may look back on and say, man, that was fun. And you really liked it. And God, and God, not me, God is saying, I need you to give that up for me. And you're like, oh, we can coexist. Remember, Jesus says, you cannot serve two masters. It's either all or nothing. It's one or the other. But you have to make a choice. In the same way in, in which the book of Joshua begins, Joshua closes. And it says, Therefore, fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river, and in Egypt, 
serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in those whom the land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.